This is episode 105 with Paul Dunn. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Yeah, (laughs) I've just finished recording this episode and I'm buzzing from the vibrant energy of Paul Dunn, who's in his 70s, an absolute humble, genuine legend. Paul is a four times TEDx speaker, master presenter, mentor for global entrepreneurs and the host of the Global Impact Summit. Paul is an extremely successful businessman. He was first of 10 people involved in the unbelievably successful creation of Hewlett-Packard all the way back in the day. He's created multiple multi-million dollar businesses and featured alongside Richard Branson in Forbes magazine. Paul is also the co-founder and chairman of B1G1 which is a non-profit that gives businesses the opportunity to give back in an impactful way. B1G1 exists because businesses have the power to change lives and it unlocks that power like nothing else, creating a powerful connected group of business owners and their teams who really do get giving and making a difference. It's a brilliant concept And we kick off the chat really unpacking all of its awesomeness with Paul. Before we hear from this legend, I want to take a minute to read another iTunes review. As you long-time listeners know, or if you're a new listener, the iTunes reviews are really helpful for us. So I'd be extremely grateful if you could take a minute and write a review like this person has and give us a five-star rating if you think it's worth it. It really does help us rank and promote the podcast in a positive way. So this one is titled Powerful and Impactful Podcast. Thank you so much for your podcast. Last week, my 12-year-old son was experiencing intense fear around attending a sleeping rough evening at school to support teen homelessness. I played him episode 38, Breaking Down Fear, which was so powerful and impactful that he turned his fear into courage and participated in the evening, sleeping rough. Thank you. And that's by Alison from Australia. Yes! <laughs> I absolutely love hearing when young ones can take the tools and strategies that we teach through the podcast. And I love hearing about them using and benefiting from these tools and strategies. It's brilliant and powerful for the young ones. Alison has actually done our mental strength training online programs twice as well. So I know that she has a lot more value to give and tools and strategies to her boys around that. And actually, we speak about Alison in this episode. 
If you're keen to have the skills and tools to help you and your loved ones navigate life better, check out all the details of our mental strength training online program at yourlifeofimpact.com and click on the tab that says online programs. That is now available to do in your own time and you have the material forever to reflect on and reuse. Okay, now let's hear from the legend himself. (laughs) I love chatting to people his age too. There's so much wisdom. Here he is, Paul Dunn. Paul, what is B1G1 and how did it come about? (laughs) Great opening question. Well, B1G1, (laughs) uh, a lot of people, you know, in the United Kingdom, for example, they refer to it as biggie sometimes and and people sometimes get that as big something, but it's not. B1G1 is an acronym for something that we had the idea on initially in 2007, actually 2006, and it was this interesting idea which was called buy one, give one, hence B1G1. And when you realize it's buy one, give one, you get a bit of an insight into the thought processes that we were going through at that time. And my co-founder, Masami, Masami Sato, she, she had this, it was during a mentoring session, actually, and she had this amazing idea uh, of saying, she, she literally said to me, she said, imagine a different world. She said, imagine a world where every time business was done, something great happened. And, and I said, like what? You know, like what? And she said, well, because uh, we were in uh, Australia at the time uh, um, and because she was living just north of the Gold Coast, actually. And uh, she said, well, imagine that you would go to Harvey Norman. Okay, so I, I hope on the podcast it's okay to say names like Harvey Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, imagine you would go to Harvey Norman and you, and you wanted to buy a, you know, uh, a TV, like an LED TV or something, a plasma TV. And um, I said, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Because if I wanted to go to Harvey Norman to buy a TV, they would not give me another one, right? And and she said, no, 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 no. She said, you don't understand. And I said, what is it I don't understand? And she said, well, you go to buy that plasma TV because you want better vision. I said, yeah, I get that. So she said, how would it be if when you bought that TV, if someone who could not see got the gift of sight just because you did that? And I went, oh, my God, what a, <laughs> what a world that would be. And she heard that sort of suck of air. And, and she said, or, for example, uh, when you go have a cup of coffee, how would it be if when that happened, a child got access in desperate need, got access to pure life-saving water just because you did that. Oh, my gosh. Or then, you know, when someone buys your book, a tree gets planted. And and I remember going, oh, my God, that's the most amazing idea I've ever heard. And I remember asking her if I could be her mentor for the rest of her life, which eventually she agreed to. And so um, since 2007, uh, Brett, we've been very privileged to uh, launch that idea, which, which, by the way, is not a very, I mean, it sounds beautiful, doesn't it? But you would get that it's not easy to do. And so it took us three years to figure out how to do it. And then in 2010, uh, it launched. And I'm happy to tell you that as we're talking today, 
B1G1 just crossed 170 million giving impacts. And that speaks volumes about something else that I think is about important in life. And we often think it's all about the big things, you know. And in fact, it's not. It's actually about the little things that happen each and every day that really make the difference in our lives and in the lives of others. And sadly, when we, when we look at, for example, if you look at giving and, and, and you would say, oh, uh, look at that. That company just gave, you know, a million dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever it was to some project. The rest of us go, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'm not that. And then we get into this kind of Sunday aisle rather than recognizing that, uh, as in B1G1, that we can do tiny, tiny things that collectively make a huge difference. And so that's really, I think, the profound aspect of B1G1 in terms of, if you like, our, our behavior. So you have multiple small to medium-sized businesses that are signed up with B1G1 and then they can choose what they give and how they give based on their sales or things like that. Is that how it works? Exactly right. So, yeah, exactly right. So uh, there are lots of thousands now of businesses around the world uh, who listen to the B1G1 things and wow, it'd be great if we did that so that we can say every time someone does business with us, you know, something great happens in our world. And you're quite right. They can choose and the customer can choose as well what that great is. And they choose from currently about 600 or so um, high uh, impact projects. And you can actually in B1G1 make a difference from just one cent. So, you know, again, it's this kind of tiny thing that actually collectively uh, makes a big difference. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what happens. And can you just elaborate there when we asked that how did it come about and you talked about Masami and the discussion you guys had, but I've heard you also talk about your real-life experience of giving uh, back in 2006 when you were travelling through India that also sparked this. Yeah, well, thank you for taking me back to that. It's, uh, it, it's. I, I think, you know, as, as we're listening to this now, uh, the reality is that uh, each of us has moments, you know, like moments in our life. And someone said to me once that wherever we are now is a result of all of the moments that we've had and those critical decisions that we may have made uh, at those particular moments. And so I'm well aware of the impact of moments. And I have one of those. Uh, as you suggest, in 2006. Uh, And um, up until that point, if you'd have asked me, you know, what is business all about, I would have said, well, business is about two things. It's about providing extraordinary value, literally, I mean, extraordinary value to the people that you're privileged to serve. And secondly, it's about having fun. That's what it's about, right? That's business. And that had been my life up until that point. And then in 2006, I had this experience, which just quickly involves uh, me going to a restaurant with a friend of mine uh, who was running a program in Bangalore, and I was there really supporting him. And he said, hey, can we go to dinner tonight? And I said, sure. And we get to this dinner, uh, and uh, I meet this guy. His name is Pastor Selva. And um, I ask him, you know, why he's there. And just so that our listeners get, uh, the, the, the tuned into this. Uh, this was in April 2007, 2007. And 
so I said, you know, what, what brings you here? And he said, well, um, uh, my church asked me to go to a, uh, to create uh, a, uh, or to minister, I guess was the word he used, to a community, a small community off India some four years ago of three and a half thousand people. And we built this beautiful church and all of that sort of stuff. And then he said, 18 months ago or 16 months ago, everything changed. And I should have figured it out, right? Because here we are in April 2007. So he says, 18 months ago. So I should have gone back. But, you know, when it's all happening, you don't do that. So I said, oh, like, what happened? And he said, well, it was a Sunday and it was close to Christmas. In fact, it was the day after. And again, I should have picked it up, but I didn't. And I said, oh, what happened? He said, well, we were in the Sunday school with 12 kids. And and um, all of a sudden, he said, we heard this amazing noise. And and everybody was terrified. And, and I said, no, it's going to be okay. And he said, I opened the door. I said, yes, it is going to be okay, but let me check it out. So I opened the door. And there, you know, a couple of kilometers away was this wall of water, which was clearly going to engulf us. And at that moment, of course, I got that what he was talking about was the 2004 tsunami. And and he's, I said, well, what happened then? He said, well, I went inside the uh, little Sunday school and I said to the kids, uh, guys, we need to play a game. The game is called Let's Run to the High Ground. Uh, uh, let's all join hands and run to the high ground. So he said, there I was, six kids either side. And we stood there, uh, uh, you know, after our run uh, up the hill, uh, we stood there and we watched as the little church was where we were just standing was, was literally crumbled and washed away. And then we stood there and watched as their parents were washed away as well. And, uh, you know, just thinking about it now brings a lump to, I mean, what, what do you say when someone says that to you? Right? And I, I, Brett, um, you know, all these years later, I can't remember what I said, but I guess at some point I said, what happened then? And he said, well, for the last uh, 16 months, we've been looking, I've had these 12 kids and I've had to go around India trying to find, it took us four months, four weeks rather to get off the island. And then ever since then, we've been traveling, trying to find a place to stay. And of course, the kids need to go to school and, you know, all of that. And he said, now, just a month ago, we found that place to stay. Someone was gracious enough to give us a place to stay. But now the kids need to go to school and they need uniforms and they need books and they need food and all of that. Well, had you or indeed anyone listening to us right now been there, you would have said what I said, which was, well, you, you, you would have said something like this. Well, and so have you figured out how much that costs to do that? And he said, well, yes, we have. He said, your friend has helped me do that. And I said, so how much is that? And he said, well, it's three and a half thousand US dollars. And I said, oh, that's per child, right? And he said, no, 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 no. That's for all 12. Now, had you been there, you would have said, and by you, I mean the person listening to us now, you would have said what I said, which is, oh, it's fixed. You wouldn't know how to do it, but you just want to fix it, right? And so that's what happened, and, and I, um, I fixed it. And then about uh, four weeks later, he, he'd gone into a, Pastor Selber had gone into this uh, internet cafe, and he borrowed a camera, and uh, he'd taken some shots, and he also got on the internet. And so he dropped me a note letting me know that everything was wonderful, and and there were four JPEG files with, associated with this. One of them was a long-range shot of the house. 
The next one was inside the house. It's a tiny little house, one room. And here are the 12 kids and they're eating. And he says, see, they've got the food now. Next shot is the same room, children differently positioned. And he says, look at that. They're doing their schoolwork and uh, they're doing well. And then the shot that was the big moment for me was when he showed me or I saw the picture of a close-up picture of the front of the house. And there right across the top of it, they'd written in great big letters, Paul Dunn Home. And so just let that sink in, isn't it? (laughs) Just let that sink in. And at that moment, you know, it is a moment where you go, whoa, hang on a second. Maybe, Maybe there's something else here that I've been missing. And maybe what I've been missing is this opportunity to realize that we're in a privileged position, you know, and, and, um, and I, I don't want to sound preachy about it. I mean, you know, you get that kind of stuff very often and, you know, people do things out of guilt and that's not what I'm suggesting at all. Uh, I'm suggesting that there actually is a real joy in doing this. Um, and from that moment on, uh, I, I just realized that the whole giving thing was, was very important. And, and a lot of people think, oh, you mean like giving to others is really important? Yeah. <laughs> but I found that the major beneficiary of that is me. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I know that sounds weird. I know that sounds totally, totally weird. But you wouldn't believe, or maybe you would, but the number of uh, number of emails I get every day where people have gotten into be one and they've done something tiny, uh, you know, which has done it could be you know getting kids water or planting trees or uh, or rescuing kids from you know sex trafficking or you know whatever, right? All of these things and they say wow that just felt so good that just felt so good to be able to do this and then the other thing that happened because that happened pre-masami if you like uh is that um it's like when you know when you pick up a new car um uh, that you've never driven before you're driving home and all of a sudden every third car you probably had this experience every third car coming towards you is the same car as the one you just bought <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's this, this thing called the, the, the reticular activation system, which is like that stuff was there, but you didn't realize it. Right? You just didn't see it. And so once you do something like I had done there, all of a sudden you see other things. You, you see other people who just, uh, you know, share similar beliefs and, and have had similar experiences. And then in my position, you get lucky enough uh, to be able to uh, create what it what is now a movement, and that whole thing I, I just used a word there that um, is uh, interesting um, and yeah, I, I think it's the word was lucky you know I just cannot get over <laughs> how I mean, to me you know it's, it's like amazing. you and I are speaking now you know i 'm in singapore you 're on the gold coast looking out over a beach kind of thing. And, and yet we're doing this and it's like real time. It's like amazing. How lucky are we to be able to do that? And um, I was, I don't know if you saw it, but there's this brilliant TED talk um, by a guy called, everybody should know this guy called AJ Jacobs. 
And one of the things that he talks about, you may have seen it, it's um, uh, in, in Japanese, uh, there's this lovely word that, that I had been taught to say because Masami is Japanese, right? And the word that I'd been taught to say was itadakimasu. And itadakimasu is this Japanese word that basically means thank you, but it means thank you for everyone involved in making this happen. So when you're saying, you know, thank you for the, fish and chips kind of thing, you're actually saying, thank you for the fish, seriously. Thank you for the, the skipper of the boat who took the boat out. Thank you for the fishery court. Thank you for the, you know, the guy at the market. Thank you for the guy who drove it to the store. Thank you for the boat. You, you know, anyway, so this guy, AJ Jacobs, and he doesn't reference Itadakimasu at all, but he had this, uh, this really interesting thing where he was saying to his kids, he was saying to his kids, you know, guys, we should be grateful for everything. And, so instead of being grateful for this cup of coffee, we should be grateful for the person who's growing the coffee. And this, and this guy's 10-year-old kid says to him, well, you can say, you know, thank you for the person who grew the coffee, but dad, I don't know whether you've noticed, but they're not in the room, right? So <laughs> you're not saying directly that. So this guy thinks to himself, oh, that's interesting. What would happen if I went on a journey to try and find all of the people that were responsible for that cup of coffee. And he does that. And, and he, he takes you through it in this TED Talk. So once again, his name is AJ Jacobs. Um, and I'll link that has in the show notes for everyone too yeah, because that's brilliant. I, I haven't seen the TED Talk, but I've listened to him on uh, Tim Ferriss' podcast too where I heard his story. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's brilliant. It is brilliant. Now, before we unpack more of your journey and pick your elaborate brain, I want to say, <laughs> Paul Dunn, welcome to your life of impact. <laughs> Thank you. It's awesome to be here. It really is. <laughs> now, we've been connected by a beautiful soul who's been a long-time listener of the podcast and has actually completed our mental strength training online program twice, and that's wow. Alison Yearland. And I haven't actually met her, and I'm not sure if you did either, but she was at one of your presentations when you were talking about the B1G1 last year. Yep. And she loved yep. it so much and she saw it and then saw the need to connect you and I via email straight away because yep. she believed you and I had the same passion and drive to make a positive impact in the world. And like you just said before, I think we're lucky and here we are. <laughs> it, it, it is amazing, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing. It is. And I'm proud and very grateful. And we should to, say thank you to Alison too. Yes, thank you, this Alison. is another thank you to Alison. A big shout out to Alison. And Paul, I'm really proud and grateful to have you on because giving is actually one of my top core values. And I believe in the saying that giving is living. And I've dabbled in creating my own giving aspect from my company. And we created some life teas and we joined with a couple of Paralympic athletes and an Olympic athlete. And we allowed them to create their own designs and they chose a charity that was close to their heart. And then we built, we uh, paid for and did all the shirts and then went on the campaigns and sold the shirts to donate their, and we donated a hundred percent of the profits to their chosen yep. charities. And I loved it. And I remember when I did it, 
I remember thinking and saying to the guys that were helping me and the athletes and I thought, this is going to be big. This is amazing. Everyone will love it. It'll be, it'll just be, you know, we'll probably become a clothing brand. That's how great it will be because it (laughs) meant so much to us and it was just, I saw the potential of it. But I must admit, we've struggled with it. It's it's almost like a business on its own trying to promote that aspect of it. So that's why I love the the angle that you've come at it with be able to, you know, you can create a lot of massive change, a lot of massive impact in the world through collaboration and bringing other businesses on board like you have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's interesting you, 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 you mentioned that because I think, uh, Brett, in, inside each one of us, there is this this thing. It's it's like it's in our DNA, you know, where it says we kind of what do you say? Giving is living, right? That we we kind of get that, um, and we. But frequently, it's difficult to find the outlet for it, you know. And so, well done on finding that outlet. And I think the 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 trick is that. Um, one of the things we, 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 we did when we, when we founded uh, B1G1 was we said it's sharing the joy of giving, right? That's the first thing. B1G1 is about sharing the joy of giving. It's not about, you know, pictures of emancipated children or, you know, whatever. It's sharing the joy of giving and it's doing that every second, every day and in every way. In other words... It's, it, it's saying, hang on, if you really think about it, like, for example, let me give you a simple for example. Uh, when I send an email, something great happens, right? Something great happens. In fact, a kid gets access to life-saving water. Uh, uh, we, we have people who do things like whenever they are in a meeting, you know, they leave a little note behind which says, please don't, uh, please don't read this until I leave. And then uh, they leave and you read this thing and it says, hey, thank you for you know taking time in the meeting. And we thought you'd love to know that as a result of that, this is what's happening. Really? You know? Yeah. And so it, it's a matter of, of, of how, can I, how can I say it? It's a matter of uh, giving people the option to do little tiny things, as you just said, which you know can create a, a, a big... Uh, a big impact and, and importantly, on a continuing basis, right? That's the important thing. And what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, there are, there are three things I think that are really important uh, to the way, uh, the, the way everything works. And in B1G1, the, those three things are impact, funnily enough, because uh, we think it should never be about the money that you give. It should never be about that. If you think about it, it should, you know, it should never be about, you know, the chief executive of the company, you know, with a big check and everything else. Like, look at what we just did. It, it should always be about the impact that you're creating, we think, anyway. And just like you, we think that that impact is, should be, whenever you give, it should be 100%, just like you said, you know, that, that goes, right? Uh, secondly, we think it should be habit. Um, and in other words, um, the habit of giving, you mean? Yeah. You know, you embed it. That's what Mm. I mean. So, so for example, and I hope you would understand and people listening to us now would understand there's no judgment in what I'm about to say. It is, it is. And frequently when you say that there is judgment, but believe me not. not. (laughs) So, 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 you know, there's things like charity balls and so on, which are fantastic. Right. They, 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 you know, they create awareness. They, they, you know, all of those sorts of things. We dress up and everything else, and and 
and we go to the thing and we have a great time and we know that someone or a group of people are better off as a result of us doing that. The problem is, though, that that is it doesn't kind of it, – it's not something that happens every week. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's, oh, well, okay, we, we did that. Now, okay, we, you know, we can just move on. Right? So we think it should be a, a habit so that the business can say every time you do this, every time we send an email, every time we, you know, whatever, this is what happens. And bear in mind that it can be just one cent. So, you know, it's amazing. And then the final piece is we think it's about connection. And that's really important. But it's also something that people get wrong sometimes. See, when we think about, if I said the word connection, typically people start to think about, oh, I get it. Uh, in, in B1G1, when someone does this, as it turns out, they get what we call a gratitude certificate. And so it's connecting with your customers, you know, or something like that. But the real element of connection is that it's connecting with you, right? So we've got to understand that connection starts with us, right? And our, our, our ability to be vulnerable, to actually reach out sometimes. And, I, and that connection is something as simple as, like, like for example, yesterday here in Singapore, uh, I, uh, there's, uh, I, I'm, by the way, I, I think I should be the Singapore ambassador. I just love this place. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I go out of the condo and, uh, and I hop on this bus and you know, if you've been to Singapore that the bus is like every two minutes and as is the train. And I go down to, uh, not a very big mall, but a local mall. And, um, as I get on the bus, you know, you have your little ticket thing, right? The little plastic card. And I say to the bus driver, hey, thanks for stopping. And it's like, oh! <laughs> and straight away, you know, I mean, the guy goes, oh, no one's ever said that before. And straight away, you know that he's thinking about that and that may be something he passes on. Similarly, uh, late last night, uh, our son, uh, who goes to a school called NJC, uh, and, and which is um, a, a Singaporean school. It, it's a, we always wanted to make sure that yeah, kids got that. And uh, so anyway, and, and one of the things they do, depending on the grade you are at, uh, they have uh, six weeks of boarding. The kids come home on the weekends, but you just get six weeks of boarding. So yesterday was the start of boarding school, right? There's six weeks. So guess what? Taxi driver comes to pick him up because he has to go a particular way. And so taxi driver comes and we say to the taxi driver, hey, thanks so much for coming. He goes, oh, really? <laughs> so <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? So, so you, you, you know, by, by virtue of being connected enough to who we are, then we can reach out and be connected to others. It's like, you know, my fellow uh, TEDx uh, speaker, now TED speaker, uh, Brene Brown, uh, and if you've ever watched, uh, if you haven't watched Vulnerability, the first Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an amazing, uh, I mean, I've obviously met Brene and she's like, you know, she's a ball of fun, she really is, but there's one serious moment in that, uh, in that talk on Vulnerability, in fact, there's a couple of serious ones, but when one where she talks about the epidemic, which it is, no other way to describe it, of, of uh, teenagers, particularly teenage boys, who decide that enough is enough, you know, and that's like, 
and and she talks about that and and she talks about it very sensitively and she says you know that's what, what, what and a couple of our friends have been through that and it's like i don't know you could go through that mm. and she says this she says connection is why we're here it's what gives meaning and purpose to our lives so just think about that for a minute you got connection you got meaning you got purpose so so or another way of saying the same thing is when we are disconnected it's when we have no meaning or purpose or you could flip that around the other way and say when we have no meaning or purpose we are not connected so you know it's that you can do it either way and so I think that one of the great things about what we're doing and not, I mean, you know, a lot of other people do the same thing, but what we're doing is that it's, it's like you're getting that connection to yourself. You're getting that connection, additional connection to the customer because of the way it's done in B1G1. Uh, you're getting an additional connection to your community um, and you're getting a, a bigger connection to the world. Uh, it's like, wow, you know, that's an overdose of connection, but I'll take that every day. <laughs> oh, I love that. You can never overdose too much on connection. I actually had notes to talk to you about that because connection is a resonating message in human behavior and health optimization these days. And when, especially when you look at life holistically and energetically and it's a topic I get into with many of my guests so I'm glad that you covered that there it makes a lot of sense and just back on to the impact aspect where you were talking about a lot of the small things is that where because I've I've seen and heard you talk about the power of small is that what you mean mm. by that when you can just make that small impact but it's a habit and therefore it becomes a bigger impact yeah, uh, that, that's true, but it's also, uh, yeah, there's something that it's interesting and it is about connection. It's like when you do that small thing and then you do it habitually, it's, it's like it's impacting you. Um, let, let me, let me, let me put it to you this way. Um, we had, we do things called B1G1 study tours where we actually go and we visit the, projects and it's not your normal kind of quote unquote charity tour where you know people are lining up saying give 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 it's not like that at all it's where we're you know on the inside if you will and it's profound because you're seeing you know you're, you're seeing what's what's actually happening in, in real time and in real life anyway one day we had um we were in uh, cambodia and by the way, this is not about "quote unquote" third world countries. We could have equally been in Australia. Okay, so so we, we, here we were in Cambodia, and here was this uh, uh, accountant, a guy called Jeremy, who was uh, on the tour with us, and he brought two of his kids, one of whom was fourteen. Her name is Jessica. Jessica is now seventeen, and uh, so and she was very quiet. You know, sometimes uh, you get these kids; they're quiet. They don't. They're not like ah, they're just quiet, but they're taking it all in right mm. and so she there's a particular moment that she went through on this uh on this program where we were in front of a group of kids at school and some of these kids were talking about how they one in particular was talking about how they lost uh, their parents and that they could not have continued to study were it not for some of the things that were happening in terms of people supporting them to get education and everything. And 
I was kind of facilitating this, and at the at the end of this lady's uh, speech, she talked about what she wanted to do and and want to become a lawyer or a doctor and give back to her community. And the idea was that we would ask, you know, I would say, okay, well, that wasn't that wonderful, and anybody got any questions? For and this one, Jessica, and I still remember it. She was like about two thirds of the way back on the right hand side, and she didn't put her hand up to ask a question. She just walked to the middle of the aisle and then walked down the front and just hugged this lady who just talked about it. And it was like one of those moments, right? But then it had repercussions because her brother and her said, Hey, listen, uh, Paul, I know you're going to be in Brisbane, you know, talking and something. Do you think we could, we could get you to come out to uh, the school? And, oh, no, actually, he said, how can I come to the program? I said, well, why don't we get you? Let's, let's go to the school. Let's not wait for them. You, you to come to us. Let's go to them. So I'm thinking that what's going to happen is they're going to talk to their, their classmates and we're going to go to the school. They, they do that, but then the school, which happens to be St. John's, I think it's called, in, uh, in Brisbane, says, oh, no, we, we'll get the whole, whole uh, student population there. So I end up talking to these 550 kids, and Jessica is the one who's introducing me. Right. So I said to Jessica, uh, so Jessica, if there, is there anything you want me to like leave behind today? Right. And she says, Oh yeah. She said, there's, if there was one thing, it's, it's very simple. She said, the one thing is this, she said, Paul, we often think that when, uh, when people give that the beneficiaries are the people to whom the giving is going. She said, what we forget is that we're the beneficiary. I go, <laughs> you know, what's that, what's that phrase? Right out of the, out of the mouths of babes, right? Comes, <laughs> comes, right? So, yeah. And, and it's those kind of things that, that, that sit with you. I may not have answered. The question that you asked me, but I just just brought up that. I love circle. a good story. And that, that goes back to that giving is living element as well. That's why, yeah. that, that's why it, it, it makes you feel like you're living and fuels your soul when you're giving. That's the yeah. element that I come from when I say that. Thinking of- And it's not just, by the way, just so that everybody's clear, it's not just about, you know, let's give money, let's give, let's volunteer, let's do that. It's as simple as let's give a smile, right? It's as simple as that. It really is. Well, and actually that leads me to my next question because I'm just interested to know inside the business world what what it's like there. I, I haven't spent any time in, you know, big board meetings or uh, big business meetings or anything like that, but I'm sure that you have plenty. But talking about human behavior, what are some other factors of human behavior that you believe need greater improvement in the business world? You've talked about, you know, the impact and the habit and the connection uh, and what are some of those other things that you believe? Because I know, for example, that you, like me, are addicted to gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good addiction, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, in the in the business world, uh, you know, we talked about an epidemic before, but uh, a friend of mine called Richard Maloney talks about another epidemic. Uh, and depending on which country... Uh, which is talking about the percentages change. Um, but I'll give you the biggest one, which I actually think is Australia. Uh, I may be wrong about this. So, so, but it, and it talks about 
the uh, amount of people that are engaged or otherwise at work. Um, and there's various levels of engagement. Right? Um, and there's various levels of disengagement. There's like turn up, go home, you know, kind of thing, or there's turn up and be disruptive and then go home. Right? So if you, if, you, if you take those two, it turns out, and there's two things on this, it turns out that 87% of people are disengaged. Now just, wow. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's staggering. I mean, even if it was 67, it's staggering, but 87 is, is the number, um, at least the latest number. Uh, and that's covering some research from Gallup, uh, the research organization. Mm. So another way of thinking about that is um, in the business sense is this, that, uh, and by the way, we, we could look at the employee and say, that's the employee's fault. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's the number. Never mind whose fault it is, right? That's the number. But at, at the other end, another way of thinking about the same thing is that there are people who uh, go home at the, you know, and they're well-paid and all of that kind of stuff. And, and, and they go home at the end of the day and maybe someone listening to us right now is doing this, right? You go, you know, everything's great. You know, at least it seems great. Uh, but we're not with you when, when you put your head on the pillow. And sometimes when people put their head on the pillow, when we're seeing this more and more and more now, people put their head on the pillow and go, is that all there is? Is that all there is? Seriously, you know? And so this leads into the disengagement. So what we're finding at, at work is, and, and that 80, uh, what, what I think it's 84% of, and I hate talking about numbers that involve millennials. I really don't like it because, but anyway, let's, let's give the number so that we know we can get it over with. <laughs> the, the, latest, the latest study says 84% of, of people seeking employment actually want to work with a company that has some kind of social purpose. That's what the number says, right? Mm. Uh, the number also says that, uh, I forget what the number is, but it's a it's a pretty close to that sort of a number. Uh, I think it's eighty four or something, uh, which says we would all enjoy uh, buying things from when we understand there's a purpose behind that which we are buying, and like your t-shirts, as for example. Um, so when you put those those two things together, and if you're a business leader right now, you go, hang on a second, that's an interesting challenge. It, it means that, what does it, what does it mean? Does it mean that your business should become altruistic or something like that? No, no, it doesn't mean that at all. Does it mean that you should create a social enterprise? Might mean that. Uh, but what it means is that you have to have something else in your business. You have to have heart. You have to have meaning and purpose. That's what you have to have. And the people, you, and, and by the way, that meaning and purpose is always, always something bigger than yourself. Always. Right. So in other words, meaning and purpose is not we're going to have the best widget in the world. That's not the meaning and purpose, right? The meaning and purpose is that by doing this, this is the difference that we're making, right? And this is the impact that we're making. And when people see that, they go, whoa, that is so cool. And we, we have like, for example, we, we have this, uh, this dentist uh, who, who says, uh, that his office was like a revolving door in terms of keeping team members, right? They would, they would be there for like three months and then bang, another one's required. What he does now, this dentist, 
uh, it, it, this guy in uh, the United Kingdom, and uh, we've documented this. And, and and he talks about revolving door. And he says, what I do now, now that he's V1G1, is when we are hiring people, we actually talk about what we do with V1G1. And he says, we get two kind of responses when they see that. Somebody, someone might say, oh, that's really nice, right? Other people might say, oh, wow, I so want to be a part of that. Have a guess which people they hire. I mean, they, mm. they hire that second group. And then what you see at a company level, which is really interesting, um, we, we didn't, I, I suppose there was part of us that, that saw this, this was possible, but we, you know, it's, it's now more and more people are saying to us, um, this, you know, this meaning B1G1 has transformed our company, transformed it. And we say, and that's a big word, right? And we say, well, hang on a second, what, what happened? What happened? <laughs> and they say, because now we have a, what they say is it shifted the spirit of our mm. company. And that's a massive behavioral shift. Uh, to shift that spirit. It means we're looking out for each other. You know, we sometimes think that customer service is about being nice to the customer. Right? What if it was being nice to the people who you're working with? What if, what if that was where it started? So that where, when you're passing something on to something, to somebody, you really get that you're serving that person. You really get that, right? And you get the other big thing that I'm, I'm sure you do is, you know, you, you get that we're one. You get it, right? You get that what I do to you, I do to me. You get that, right? There's no, there's no escape from, from that. And the moment you start to recognize that and be grateful for all of those things, bang, that's, that's how our world really does change. And, and not, not, and I mean, our world change is like a big thing, but that's how you and I, connect that's how you and i do this whole gandhian thing about you know be the change you want to see you know stuff mm, i love that saying and i often i often bring it up because i think it is extremely powerful in that way be the change that you want to see in the world there's something else that i know gandhi said that not too many people know can i share that with you we got time do. yeah well I, I once was very very privileged to go to every uh, year in january they have this um, celebration of uh, Gandhi's uh, life, um, and they celebrated on the day that he was uh, he was killed. Um, and this particular time we were there, we were there with one of the women who's organised this parade uh, for. Uh, she's not she's now not with us, but um, uh, her name is Namilla. It was Namilla, and so we got to spend time with Namilla, and and this is somebody who walked with Gandhi, right? So, so she says, she says, okay, ask me questions, right? So someone says, what's the most important thing Gandhi, Gandhi ever told you? And she says, well, there are two. Can I tell you the two? And yeah. So the first one was be the change that you, 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 you want to see. Everybody knows that one, but there's one that you don't know. And she said, it's this, be the zero. And, and I remember when she said that, I thought, hang on a second, no one's ever told me be the zero. <laughs> what the heck is that about? And and the guy next to me was 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 you know had more courage than me to say what does that mean? Right? So so she says, oh, I, I was hoping someone would ask. And she said, let me tell you the story. She said, we were on a dusty road with Gandhi Gandhi G as they call him, we're on this dusty road going from village you know village to village, 
And at one point we stopped because it was hot and someone in our little band of Gandians says, Gandhi G, what's the biggest thing that you can, you can teach us today? And Gandhi G says, wait there. And he goes over to the, this uh, deadish kind of tree and he pulls off this dead twig. And in the middle of the dusty road, he draws this big circle. And he says, that's the teaching. And someone said, what, what's that? And he said, be the zero. And, and then someone else said, well, what, what's that? And he says, be the thing through which everything flows. And the way to do that is to let go of your ego. And when you let go of your ego, you truly can be the zero. And then everything can flow. Interesting story. I love that. How's that pressure on Gandhi to when they just pull up and say, what's your teachings today? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like being interviewed by Brett Robo, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit of a shift now into uh, before we finish off with a few questions that I ask all the guests. But, John, I'm really interested to know what does your personal self-care look like to keep you physically, mentally and emotionally sharp in your abundant life? And I know that gratitude and kindness and giving, they are all – they're all self-care to me. I know the physiological benefits of them. But what does your other self-care look like? Are you a meditator, well, well, exercise? No, I actually find meditating interesting um, uh, for various reasons. Uh, but exercise plays a part. And I'm very fortunate to live right next to a reservoir uh, here in uh, Singapore with the most beautiful tracks around it. And so uh, I, I try to do... Uh, about 10 kilometers around there. Uh, but I've had a bit of a knee problem, so I'm up to like four right now. But getting back to 10, uh, which is cool. Uh, so, yeah, exercise is part of it. I also do a thing every morning which is called 8-Fit, which is, I don't you know. 8-Fit? 8-Fit, uh, which, which is really cool. You get the app. It's a very lovely app. 8-Fit is what it's called. Okay. Um, and it's just, you know, it's like about 12 minutes of stuff that, that kind of gets you going. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, when, when people talk and I'm speaking, they frequently come up to me and they say, wow, you had so much energy. Whoa. You know, that, that you get that from? And I, and I try and explain that I get it from them. You know, it's like when you're in front of an audience, it's mm. that massive thing coming back at you. Um, but I think the other place it comes from is, is really just being curious, you know, like, how does that work? Like, for example, you know, I, I look at my iPhone, right? And I, and, I, and I know that I can just scroll up and everything. I, how the hell? How does that work? It's amazing. <laughs> or, or, you know, um, how, does, uh, how do we as human beings work, for goodness sake? You know, or, you know, you run past the trees, uh, you know, at McRitchie Reservoir and you see, you know, the scattering of the seeds and you know they're going to be, and I go, how does that work? <laughs> it's amazing, right? And just being curious to try and find the answers to that and understanding that we don't know, but boy, oh boy, finding out is really, really cool. Not because you want to impress anyone, but because you are curious at the wonder of what, what's going on around you. And I think that's a large part of, of, you know, being, how can I put it, being interested and being interesting, hopefully. 
Well, that's why I'm curious to ask is, uh, about your self-care because I see you as very physically, mentally and emotionally sharp in your abundant life, like I said, and because I was thinking you must be, you know, at least 50, so to be pushing those kilometres <laughs> around the track. <laughs> well, you're very gracious in, uh, in that. I actually, uh, uh, let's see, uh, one month ago I had my 75th. Uh, <laughs> so it's called the platinum birthday, I believe. Um, well, well happy birthday and congratulations for, for such a Thank good you. innings. I also uh, happen to be uh, veggie and, you know, but that's, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff associated with that, which we don't need to go in. But um, obviously, you know, you are what you eat. That's pretty obvious. Um, and so, so you're vegetarian, you know, did you say, sorry? Yeah, so okay. whole foods are kind of interesting. And whole foods, yeah, absolutely. Yep. How long have you been vegetarian, Paul, just, just out of interest? Uh, about 18 years now. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's serving you very it's not, well. It's not like vegan or, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not some sort of activist in relation to you should do what I do. But uh, you just but know just, what works for you. Yeah, exactly. That's the power of it. Brilliant. Now, I'm very cognizant of your time and you're probably going to go for a run and uh, clock it up to 5Ks today <laughs> now that you're... <laughs> Sharp at 75, but I've just got a few questions that I ask all my guests and I'd love to know from you, Paul, what do you believe is good action for people to take to be more impactful in their lives and in their communities? Oh, I think it all springs from gratitude, really. If you, if you, everything that you do, it just starts from that. When you're grateful for what goes on, you just see the world in a different way. And, and you get a totally different perspective on what's going on. And when you do that and then you grateful, you go, wow, how can I make more of that happen? How can I make more of that happen? How can I connect more? Uh, it's impossible. It is absolutely impossible. I think, I think, although probably some monk somewhere would say it is possible, but it's impossible to come from, you know, to be grateful and to disconnect. I, I, to me, the two uh, are interlinked, right? So that's where it comes from, I, I think. That's my answer anyway. Powerful. And actually, I was just thinking about the impact aspect. With B1G1, is that available for people? Is it only available for businesses to be involved? Is there a way that individuals who aren't in business can be involved in that? Oh, they can certainly, you know, they can certainly go and, and, and look at the website and, 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 you know, like what it is. But, yeah, right now, uh, B1G1 is a, a business thing. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't go up to a business and say, hey, listen, I just had a look at this thing. And, you know, that, that, this is a really great thing. By the way, uh, in uh, 2019, uh, we will be making that more universally available as well. So, so stay tuned for that, uh, that opportunity as well. But just Perfect. get up there and like us. <laughs> and where can we find more about you and B1G1, the social media website and all those places? Yeah, yeah. Well, you find us on Facebook, obviously. Uh, the B1G1 community is there. Uh, and uh, you, you find us at b1g1.com and that gives you all of the links to some amazing, uh, amazing examples of the kind of things that, uh, that we've been talking about today. And it gives you the opportunity to share all of those things around in your community as well so that, you know, you can, again, you start to think beyond yourself, right? You start to think, oh, hang on, what about me? It's about the people I'm privileged to serve. It's about my community. It's about our country. It's about all of those sorts of things. And when you start doing that, amazing things start to happen. 
Absolutely. And I'll link all that up in the show notes for the listeners to have easy access and highly encourage that everyone goes there. Now, Paul, as you know, one of my top core values is giving, as I mentioned. I give all my guests a gift for giving their time and value on the podcast. And today I'm giving you the gift of one of our charity teas that I spoke to you about, one of the life teas. Oh, wow. Cool. So cool. (laughs) So I'm going to get you to send me through your size and the address to to post that over to you in Singapore and uh, you can see what the life teas charities is all about. But uh, that's just a a massive uh, thank you for you giving your abundance of time and value on the podcast. And I should also say that when you, there's another place you can go too on B1G1 for those of you who right now might be looking at charities like, for example, what you're doing with live fees or not. I mean, that's a social enterprise, but with some of the charities that you might want to be involved with, uh, you want to get them to talk to us in B1G1 because we have some, you know, it's free for them to do that. It's free for them to be a part of it and mm-hmm. to uh, broaden their footprint, if you will. And the place for those people to go is b1g1.com forward slash causes, C-A-U-S-E-S. And there's a whole, we would love to get many more projects uh, underway in Australia as well. Brilliant. I'll Mind definitely you, be great ones there, but all we need for sure. Definitely linking in that. I'm a, an ambassador for a, a youth mental health charity called Batir in Australia, actually. And I think they could, oh, okay. they should reach out and just see where it goes anyway. So that could be good. And yeah. And that by the way is, is, you know, just an awesome cause that you just mentioned. And, and yeah, so we love to see more about it. There's just so much that can be done. Right. And, and we need to be grateful as well for all of the people uh, that are out there making those kind of things happen. And it's, it's just amazing that they do. Absolutely. Now we're going to finish off with the fast five questions that will happen very yeah. quickly. But before we do, <laughs> I just wanted to ask, is there anything else that you'd like to say to the listeners or is there anything that you would like to ask me? Oh, I, I, I mean, if we had more time, I would ask you a lot of things like, you know, what, what was the surf like today and how, you know, I'd love to see some videos <laughs> of you surfing. There's one thing I've never been able to do. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe I could sign up for some lessons. But uh, in terms of the uh, thing I want to say to the listeners is, you know, thank you. It, it, it's not, I'm not sure how long this has been, but let's say it's about an hour or so. And I realize that that hour is very precious. And so I want to thank you for listening and hope that as a result of you listening, that you've got some ideas that you too can spread. So thank you from me. Brilliant. Absolutely. It'll be an hour well spent for everyone listening. Okay. The fast five questions. Don't give yourself too much time. Let's just let it roll off the tongue. Okay. Promise. What's one habit you wish you could change? (laughs) Oh, gosh. One habit I wish you could change. Oh, I know, uh, is uh, eating bread. Yeah, I wish I could change that. (laughs) What makes you feel absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized? Uh, Running. Brilliant. Have you ever washed and, a dog? And, and, listening, and listening to great music as well, yeah. Sorry, have I ever washed a dog? Have you ever washed a dog? I have. Yes, I have. It's fun. <laughs> You'll be surprised, Paul, at how many people out there haven't washed a dog, actually. You're kidding me. Well, I don't know what they're missing. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, my goodness. The best piece of advice I've ever received. Okay, uh, let me think of this one. Perspective is looking at things from a place where you're not. Ah, I love that. <laughs> you know Brilliant. That? Yeah. Uh, 
that's why you know mentorship and all those kind of things is so interesting because mm-hmm. you know people are coming at it with a different set of eyes um and you just learn so much when that happens oh, i love that taking that one <laughs> and last one what are you most grateful for in your life right now Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I'm grateful that I've just had this time with you. Uh, and I know we're going, oh, really? Can't you think of something else? Uh, no, I mean, it's moment by moment. And, and I, I really am grateful. You know, I've been spending my day to day mentoring business owners around the world. And that started at very early time this morning and still has a little bit more to go. And that's exhilarating to do that, right? Uh, but to be able to quote unquote, take a break from that and just hang out and, uh, you know, get some questions that I don't normally get has been very, very special. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm enormously grateful for that. So thank you. Paul, you're a legend. You're a genuine, authentic soul that's proving our potential to impact the world for the better is infectious and sustainable. Keep shining your giving and impactful light to the world, my man. Hey, Brett, thank you. It's just been awesome hanging out with you, really. And keep on doing what you do too. (laughs) Thank you. There you go, guys. Itadakimasu. Thank you to every one of you involved in this journey and everyone that's involved in Paul's journey. I hope you enjoyed this wise, abundant and connected soul. I love hearing his passion and enthusiasm and love for life and how much he cares for himself, for others, and for the world. Make sure you check out b1g1.com and also their Facebook page. And like Paul said, if you know any charities or causes that could benefit from being connected to B1G1, which I believe could significantly impact charities that are lucky enough to be involved, then get them to check out b1g1 dot com forward slash causes and as always remember this is your life journey your life of impact